Well, welcome back. Welcome anew to the Further Faster podcast. I am, of course, Joseph McClendon III, and I will be your host, your guide, and maybe even your mentor on this leg of your journey to help you do exactly what the name implies, and that is to go further faster in becoming more wealthy. And around here, wealthy means to be healthy, happy, and financially abundant. And so I got a question for you. And the question is, you ever wonder how and why some people are able to stay in the game despite the hardships, despite the odds against them? Well, my guest today is Malcolm Jamal Warner. Unless you've been living under a rock, he is a star of TV and film and a Grammy-winning musician. And he's going to share with us a little bit of insight as to how he's been able to not just stay in the game, but thrive in this game as well. So grab a pad and paper, and we'll be right back with Malcolm Jamal Warner. You know, oftentimes when we see or hear of or know of people that have longevity and success, we think mm -hmm. several things. Sometimes, you know, they're born with a silver spoon in their mouth or they had, uh, you know, options that the rest of us don't and so on and so forth. And although sometimes some of those things are true, also what exists is that those people have learned lessons and gone through things in their lives that have conditioned them to show up a different way than most people do. My guest today and is my dear friend of several years now, and we'll talk about here that here in just a second. His name is Malcolm Jamal Warner. And again, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that this man has been on the scene, if you will, or has been in an industry that the odds of being successful, let alone being having longevity in these two industries is minusculely small by biblical proportions. And that's without exaggeration. His name is Malcolm Jamal Warner, and again, he is a star of TV and film, and is also, you may or may not know this, a Grammy-winning, not just a nominated, but Grammy-winning uh, musician, un unbelievable bass player, and also father and husband. And he's my guest here today, and he's going to share with us a little bit about how he's been able to stay in the game and kind of what goes along with that. So, Mal, are you out there? I am here. What's happening, brother? There he is. How are you, my friend? I'm well, brother. I am well. And yourself? I could not be better. Could not be better. And so, as I was saying to the great folks out there, uh, you know, uh, well, first off, let's start off this way. Mm. And in all fairness, you've been at this game or these games for several decades now. So there might just be one or two people out there that might not know from where you came. So start us off by sharing us uh, with us a little bit, you know, about your humble beginnings, if you will, just to kind of put some <laughs> fuel on the fire about where you came from and kind of what makes you who you are. Sure. Well, I guess we, we do have to allow space for, uh, you know, those who do live under a rock. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, so my name is uh, Malcolm hyphen Jamal Warner. So Malcolm and Jamal oh, is my first yeah. name. Yeah. So Malcolm yeah. is my first name. Um, so we can, we, we can actually start there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Start there, please. You know, so my first name is Malcolm Jamal. Uh, my father named me after Malcolm X and Ahmad Jamal. 
Um, my dad uh, went to school with uh, Gil Scott Heron and Brian Jackson. He, they went to Lincoln University. Uh, my dad went to Lincoln University because Langston Hughes went to Lincoln University. Um, so I was, uh, you know, I, I literally came out of the womb listening to Gail Scott Heron in <laughs> uh, The Last Poets. And um, it, it's to say that I was actually a poet before I was an actor. Um, I remember telling my parents that I was going to grow up and either be a famous poet, a famous actor, or a famous basketball player. Um, Interesting. Don't ask about, about my basketball game, but uh, <laughs> two out of three isn't bad. I got I got the poetry and uh, an acting part down. Um, and for those of you who you know maybe have, have lived under rock, I um, I started doing television at a very young age. The uh, you know the catalyst to my career was this. Uh, this humble show called The Cosby Show. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that show really set me, um, you know, really set me with regard to, um, you know, social consciousness, um, being more than an actor. Um, you know, during my summer vacations, my father used to make me... Um, read these, he had, they had this thick book called Great American Negroes. And there were chapters on, you know, Langston Hughes, Richard Wright, Mary McLeod, Bethune, Marion Anderson. And I had to read these chapters and write book reports. And, uh, you know, my father was just really heavy on the arts, but also heavy on uh, me understanding my culture and understanding from whence, from whence I came. Um, so, you know, being a part of the Cosby show was a great, uh, it gave me a platform, if you will, right? So the show, uh, Cosby was not just, was not just a successful popular show. It was a show that had a profound impact on, uh, on the global culture. Uh, it had a profound impact on how, uh, white America and black America uh, and the and the world, for that matter, how we all saw black people in a different light. Like for the first time on television, um, these were not stereotypical roles and and, and stereotypical boxes that uh, you know black people tend to be uh, black images to be uh, contained in. So it was a wonderful way to walk through life. Um, knowing that the work I was doing was having a significant social impact on, uh, on American culture um, and you know, almost maybe more importantly, uh, black culture. Yeah. You know, I, I got to interject here for a second because there are a couple things that, you know, here at Further Faster, we talk about the, the three things, the 60-20-20 rule, psychology, 60%, everything that you, that you do and you accomplish comes down to three things, 60% your psychology, 20% your energy, and 20% magnetism. And in all that you're saying, there, there are two things I want to point out. First off, you and I have known each other for several, several years, and you told me, you know, your, your beginnings way back when we met. And when you told me about your father making you do book reports and things like that, and I always have hold, held you and still do hold you in high esteem, guess what I did with my son? On summer times. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> oh, what I did with him. You know, great. I pulled him up. And, and by the way, he did not appreciate it at the time. 
at all. I didn't at either. All. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And lo and behold, as a result of that, he shines in that area now. You know, he has a film school or film class in school. He's a great writer and he does those things. And he's 16 years old, so he'll never admit that <laughs> he, he, you know, he'll never admit now uh, that that gave him some of his skill in doing that. The other thing is, you know, when you talk about your 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 father and also you'll, I'm sure you talk about your mom and her influences that uh, with you as well going on that in terms of magnetism. And somebody telling you that you were either going to be basketball, film, or poetry, that, in my opinion, set up, at the risk of sounding too unicorns, crystals, and rainbows, set up the universe to bring around the opportunity for you to do a, a show like The Cosby Show, which, again, as you said, was not only groundbreaking, but it was groundbreaking for its time as well, but yeah. set you up to be the perfect person to be in that spot to be the perfect person to to have everything that it took to to not just be that character, but be that representation of what is possible at those times. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I talk about my, you know, my my dad, my my father gave me uh, the voice and the knowledge. Mm. Uh, my television father gave me the platform. All right. Oh, <laughs> nice. Love that. Love that. So, so go on. So share with us a little bit. So, and by the way, how old were you when you first started the Cosby show? When I started Cosby, I was, I was 13. When we shot the pilot and then when the show started to air, I was, I was 14. Wow. Um, but I started theater. I was doing theater around nine years old. Um, hmm. Theater was just really something for my, my mother was always looking for things for me to do outside of uh, just going to school, coming home and hanging out with my friends. Right, so there was basketball, the yeah, um, and, and just there was one year, and I really loved basketball. But there was one year, one season, in one year, basketball season was over, and she was still looking for things. So um, my mother's friend suggested this acting workshop, and my mom asked me if I wanted to go down uh, and audition to get in. And it was basically it was, it was children's theater, it was community theater, and I was doing uh, theater for a while, and then. Uh, there was a play I was doing, an agent came down, wanted to sign me, um, and approached my mother. My mother had school. She was in her last year of school, and she basically said, listen, I'm in school. I can't take him out on auditions, so thank you, but no thank you. Uh, and then the following year, the same agent came back, saw me in another play, and approached my mom again and was like, listen, you're you know, you're, you're no longer in school. You finished school. You have no excuse. I still want to sign your son. So we were like, okay, cool. This would be, um, this would be fun. Uh, but it wasn't really something we looked at as a career. Doing theater, I was doing some television stuff. Um, but it wasn't until Cosby had come along. And, uh, you know, re really that's when it became a career. And so share with us a little bit about when you started Cosby, what was life like for you in terms of the discipline? Because, listen, you, again, I'm preaching to the choir. You, you had to stay in school. You had to keep your grades going. You had all that stuff. And there was a lot going on for a 14-year-old boy. Sure. Yeah. Share with us a little bit about what it was like for you. Did you have to – Did you, it was something that you you – you thrived on doing and that you wanted to do, or was there somebody that had to push you through that as well? No, I mean, I, you know, when, when I was doing theater, um, it was very clear that was the thing I wanted, right? Um, that was the, mm. the, the, the carrot my mother 
would dangle in front of me. Like, you know, uh, in order, okay. Yeah, I, I had to have my chores done. I had to keep up my grades or I couldn't go to the theater. Nice. So that was the thing that she kept, you know, she, you know, she, she kept in front of me to make sure that I took care of my responsibility. So, you know, there's a certain, uh, there's a certain self-discipline and self-accountability that she was instilling in me already. So by the time, uh, Cosby can and so here's what also was interesting too. Uh, when I got the agent, I was working a lot, and I got to a point where you know I'm doing television, I'm doing two theater productions at the same time. I'm like you know 12, 13 years old. Like I'm feeling myself too. Like you know I'm at school and kids are starting to recognize me from television, and you know I'm a Leo. Like you know life is good, yeah. and that's you know at, that's, at twelve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And, you know, my seventh grade year, I was really feeling myself. And um, uh, I let a lot of that get to my head, go to my head, rather. Um, and then eighth grade came along and I could not book an audition to save my life. Interesting. Uh, going on three, four, five callbacks, uh, getting close, but not getting the role. Um, and that was most of my eighth grade year. And... Um, I don't remember the actual, I don't remember what the conscious thought was, what the actual words were that I said to myself, but there was the reality of, you know, none of this is promised, right? As quickly as it can come, it can go. So it was a, a very early lesson on humility. And mm. once I figured that out and, you know, got off of my high, came down off of my high horse. Yes. I booked yes. Cosby. Right. So I always say, had I gotten Cosby a year earlier, I might be a slightly different person. Uh, but I was able to learn that lesson uh, uh, of humility and 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 immense gratitude mm -hmm. with that. So by the time Cosby came along, I was like, oh no, this is, you know, however long this lasts, I want to be on point. Mm -hmm. I want to be grateful. I want to be uh, humble. Uh, and that show out the box was, you know, huge. It was was a phenomenon. Yes, I want to. I want to uh, laser in on something that you said, and for the benefit of everybody here, because remember, around here, this is about you going further, faster. And when you can pinpoint some things and do them for yourself then it'll help you do that. It'll help you go further, faster. Um, when you said that you recognized um, in that moment that your, I'm going to say your ego was in the way and you learned that lesson, what did you do differently? Was it, did you, did you, did you come off it? What, what did you say to yourself? What kind of conversation did you have with yourself about, hey, I, I know you said one thing and that was that this, Nothing is permanent, but it was yeah. there a conversation that you had with yourself that maybe reinstilled what was there before your head started to swell? It's mm, a good question. Um, I can't say that I remember exactly what the conversation was with myself. I knew that, um, you know, I definitely knew that I could, I should go back to being nicer to people yeah. <laughs> like I was before. Uh, my head swole. Um, and I think there was also, uh, I knew that I would be very grateful when I got the opportunity to work again. 
Um, but Perfect. Those, yeah, I, I just don't remember you know what the exact conversation was, but those were the two things that stood out for me. And if you could describe what that feeling was um, that you got that made you go, hey, wait a minute, what would you call that feeling? Mm. Um, I, I guess, you know, at 12 years old, I guess you know, there was, there was, I, I was sad. I, and I don't know if, I mean, looking back, some depression that came with it. I don't know yeah, if I would have, okay. uh, I don't know if I would have called it depression at 12 years old, but I know I've just been being sad. And, um, right. Okay. So perfect. The reason I'm asking you these questions is there's always a sequence. You know how we roll up in here. <laughs> there's always a sequence of what makes us do what we do. Every emotion is preceded by a thought. And those thoughts come about either two ways. Something stimulates us from the outside, which is generally the way something comes along and says, you know, it's like a slap in the face or something happens and it stimulates us to, to, to wake up or something from the inside comes up as a result of you just it's just a repetition, but usually it's something stimulated from the outside. So your simulation from the outside came from you weren't getting booked and you weren't yeah. getting as popular and you weren't sitting up there. You use the word humility and all of those, whether it's humility, sadness or whatever, all of those are emotions. And every emotion, every single emotion is a signal. And it's a signal to either stop doing something, continue to doing what you're doing or do something else. And yeah. again, the sequence of things in your life and part of the reason I have you on here and, the, and I love and thank you so much for sharing the sequence of how, you know, your life has has unfolded yeah. Yeah. Um, is to, for people to recognize that every, you know, whether it's your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, you know, somebody said something in high school or whatever, all of those are puzzle pieces that make us who we are right now. And we've all had opportunities to have been taught discipline or learned discipline or so on and so forth. But when something happens, which it happens to us all the time, which the theme of this show is, was and is, how do some people stay in it? And I will always say this about you. You've heard me say this dozens of times. And that is that you are one of the most coachable people I've ever met. You seek out, as a matter of fact, that's how we met. We we, oh, right, we yeah. went, yeah, we met. Both of us went to uh, uh, one of our dear friends, Victor Wooten, uh, his music camp to be coached on how to be better bass players, if you will. And to better have musicians. Better, better musicians, thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. And uh, to have that uh, skill and to have that when something happens, that we default to, well, wait a minute, let me take a look at this. This is either hurting me or this is helping me. And so if it's hurting me, let me stop it and do something else. Or if it is helping me, let me continue it and also do something else. Yeah. And so to have that awareness is, uh, you know, again, we learn those things from you had unbelievable coaches and still do in your life um, uh, to learn those things from from. Uh, you know, our parents and things like that. Not everybody had parents like yours. You know, I yeah. was fortunate. I, yeah. I, had, I had great parents as well. Um, and so, you know, I say all of this because, and really one of the biggest reasons I have you on this show here today at this point in life right now is for, for a couple reasons. Number one, to help people recognize that here is a, a, a human being that is like all of the rest of us. And, as long as I've known you, and, and maybe maybe you didn't feel that way when you were you're twelve years old, 12. your head was all <laughs> swollen up, you know, and everything. That you always say, "Listen, I'm not I'm nothing special." 
you know, I just I just have done things that other people haven't yeah. and and continue to do those things. And, you know, now at, you know, the age you are right now uh, and moving into uh, where you're going right now, you're in an industry, both of those industries, music as well as uh, as well as the the film and, and, and the acting are just listen the wake of people that are left behind in that is astronomical and it's not yeah it's not somehow uh, that you not only uh, have been able to stay in the game but have thrived in this game you just uh finished as a matter of fact you said uh the the resident that was uh you just finished shooting that and you're on to other things now correct yeah yeah it's um i finished the resident also had a really great show called the the, uh, accused Oh um, goodness, yes. Now, if, yeah. you, if you, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen that, go see that. And, and, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you didn't. You didn't warn me about that one. I scolded you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was heavy, man. Um, yeah. yeah, so I've had a, just a really great. Uh, I mean, I, these last couple of years have just been really a great run for me in terms of you know the acting and the music. Um, I put on my fourth record, Hiding in Plain View, in September, which got a Grammy nomination right. this year as well. Um, so I've been I've been on a really really cool wave, yeah, and a, and a lot of humility that comes with that. Yes, yes, and and anybody lo- listening to you and talking to you right now recognizes your humility. Well, listen, we're going to take a short break in a moment. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, uh, actually continue this, but I also want to talk about what's next for you because you have entered an interesting phase of life going forward as well. And so, uh, everybody, again, grab your pad and paper, and we'll be right back with Malcolm Jamal Warner. Hey, what's good? It's me, Joseph McClendon III, and let me get real with you just for a second. Now, you've probably heard me talk about this before, something that I call the thieves of our dreams. Procrastination, hesitation, fear of failure, fear of success, self-doubt, self-loathing, imposter syndrome, and fear of rejection. Well, let me ask you a question. What if you could not only retrain your brain and your nervous system to automatically default to your absolute best thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, but you could also do the same for others that are going through difficult times and challenges in their own lives and things that are stopping them from creating the the life of their desires. Well, this is what I call neuroencoding. And at the risk of sounding arrogant, these are the same tools, methods, and strategies in neuroscience that I've used to operate in the upper 5% of all of my own businesses, especially as a coach, a speaker, and a presenter for the last 30 plus years. The Neuroencoding Institute provides you with the knowledge, the tools, and unmatched support to become a certified neuroencoding specialist and guide you to the life of wealthiness. And remember, wealthy means to be healthy, happy, and financially abundant. Go to neuroencoding Coding.com to speak to an enrollment specialist today, and I look forward to serving you at the highest level. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash angel phoenix productions. Well, welcome back. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and I'm here with my amazing guest, Malcolm Jamal Warner. And before the break, we were talking about 
this man who has not only been able to sustain a career, actually two careers, and now three being a husband and a father, uh, but thrive in an area where a lot of people uh, fall by the wayside. And as we left, we were talking about a couple things. Number one, where you are right now with, tell us, show us a little bit more about where you are right now with regard to your film and, and acting career, as well as your, your uh, music as well. And I keep sure. saying music, but you call it spoken word. Forgive. Yeah, well, it's music. It's it's music as well because it's it's the spoken word with the with the music. I think for yeah, some and reasons. as you say that, we're looking at the array of amazing instruments behind you as well. So uh, I know it, you as uh, yeah. as yeah. you so aptly uh, corrected me. It's being a musician. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. That, that's the that's the journey. Um, so for your for your listeners um, uh, who don't know, I'm a poet. I'm a bass player. Um, uh, the, the music has always been a, a really big part of my life. Uh, I, like I said, I put out my fourth album, um, and the music is is a way, uh, you know, it's a an avenue of creative expression uh, that I have found that I've needed to balance, you know, everything that comes with the territory of the mm -hmm. acting side of my career, um, and you know, the music has also allowed me to uh, kind of use that to. Uh, express, you know, not just, you know, like I'm known for, you know, doing love poems and, and social consciousness poems, but I also share a lot of myself in my poetry and my music in mm -hmm. terms of my journey, um, uh, in terms of, you know, my own issues with vulnerability and being comfortable in my skin. Um, so you know, I'm glad to have that kind of platform, one for me to express what I need to for myself, but then also to uh, you know, to share with other people in hopes that other people, uh, you know, that the messages resonate with other people as well. So the music is is definitely a uh, an avenue for me to uh, you know to get that side of me out and to help you know as, as many people as I can who listen to the music and it resonates. So uh, for those of you who don't know my music, I highly suggest uh, you can check it out. You can go to either Spotify or Apple Music. Uh, it's Malcolm Jamal Warner's Miles Long. If you just type in my name, there'll be features and collaborations with other artists. Um, but for listening to hear my music specifically, it's under Malcolm Jamal Warner's Miles Long. And we'll, we'll include that in the description here so you'll be able to click on it or go to it as well. And so that's, this is spectacular. And again, I'll say this again, both of these industries, um, the likelihood of just success alone uh, and let alone longevity is, is just astronomically low, yeah. astronomically low. And um, so I want to ask, what is next for you at this stage in your life? What is next for you? Well, it's interesting because I'm I'm at the stage in my life where um, uh, let's just say let's just say uh, I'm no longer in my forties, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I've got a wife, I've got a beautiful wife, a beautiful uh, six year old daughter, and I, I, I'm at a place where uh, you know I'm owning myself more. Um, I'm owning uh, being comfortable in my skin, and then owning that uh, I really do have a lot to offer. Yes. Um, you know, like as you've said to me, uh, my longevity isn't just happenstance. Yes, right? very well uh, put. And, you know, I'm at a place now where 
I have to like, you know, take stock and and recognize uh, what are those things on my journey that have, um, you know, uh, helped instill that longevity. And those are, uh, they're just be- beautiful lessons that I've learned on my journey. And not just career-wise, but just personally. Like when people ask, you know, like my greatest, you know, what's my greatest accomplishment? And it's not so much, um, you know, the roles that I have done as an actor, but it's having been able to navigate through the murk and mire of this mm. industry and uh, still have my head on straight, still have my soul intact, uh, you know, still be a good person uh, and be a happy person. And I'm in a place where I want to be able to share that. So like, you know, I mean, that's you know, some of that we're, we're doing here uh, in, uh, you know, in this conversation, but I want to, um, you know, as you help people go further faster, I, uh, I'm in a place where I want to share, um, you know, uh, uh, things and, and elements and lessons in my journey to also help people, uh, you know, whether they're in the industry or not. Because again, I think I, I look at my successes as not just what I'm doing in the industry, but my walk in life. Ooh, and very well I'm, put. I'm willing to share that where I want to share spectacular and that i'm so glad you said that because it is it is truly i use you know i i've said this half a dozen times through here that the industries that you're in right now are very very tough well there's a lot of other industries as well life is tough and your your industry is synonymous with so many other things that are going on as well and i am happy to share with everybody here um, that Malcolm and I are actually going to be working together that we invite everybody here to take a look at as well. And it's something called the Further Faster Elite Circle. And what that is, is we're going to be we're going to be monthly, once a month. And the greatest part about what we're going to be doing is not just uh, not just, you know, uh, here's here's what we've done and here's what other people have done. But not and not just lessons, but some, some very specific processes that you can do that you can use to get the results for yourself wherever you are in your life right now and i'm thrilled and i'm honored that you'll be doing this with us uh malcolm and i'm thrilled for you to be doing this as well because as you said uh your humility came about as a result of all of the things that have happened in your life and the person that you've grown to become and most people don't have the um let's just say skill set to be comfortable in their own skin, as you've said uh, several times, and it is a skill. And whether if you if you most people don't have the opportunity to speak to somebody such as yourself, most people don't. I shouldn't say help. Don't they don't take the opportunity to do uh, to do that. And so we're going to make that'll it'll be in the description here as well about how you can be involved with us as well. And it is something that we are really going to be making a, a difference because these lessons that this man has right now. I hope you get it that that they're not just pertaining to him, but they're life lessons. And you know, we always say that I said at the top of here, further, faster, and being is about being wealthy, and that's being healthy, happy, and financially abundant. And all of those things come with skill and processes as well. So I'm excited to do this with you, man. Yeah, yeah, and and, and practice as well, right? It's like yeah, you know, absolutely. You, yeah. you know, there but, are things that we know, um, but it's like you know. Not not action is simply theory. Not yes, you know absolutely. And uh, most people don't don't know how to get themselves to get to the point where they do practice or go to the gym or you know do the the stuff that's tough. Yeah, 
And so I, I, I'm happy to be uh, to be in a uh, to have a platform to be able to help uh, you know give some tools uh, and skill sets that can be practiced to uh, you know to enrich other people's lives because I, I look at my life and I feel you know I feel uh, very enriched and, and sometimes I even have to you know a, a, as we talk there are times where you know some days I have to be reminded. Uh, uh, how enriched my life is. And, 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 and as we all do, you know, so I yeah, think, we all you know, being able to uh, share, you know, whatever tools to, uh, you know, dig ourselves out of, uh, you know, darkness that, you know, some darkness that we're all susceptible to, right? It's, it's, it's part of life. As you said, life is, you know, life is tough. Um, so, you know, I, I'm happy to be able to, uh, you know, share some, you know, some tools that have worked for me uh, and presently work for me because I still presently need them. Well, listen, you can, uh, I couldn't have said it better myself in that life is up and down and it's going to be faced with stuff, to, but the ability to, I always say snap out of it, or as you put it, you know, uh, you know, rise to the occasion or whatever, that comes down to, to, to a skill, not just like you said, happenstance. It is yeah. something that once you start to practice it, and it's ironic you're saying that you're living, you're sitting there with again with all those instruments behind you, knowing that your craft and what you do always comes with practice. And most people don't correlate practice with hard work. They don't they correlate practice with uh, with the, the the due diligence, if you will. But that's really all it is. But yeah. having that skill set to be able to get up early and stay up late and do the extra stuff is really important. So listen, man, we could absolutely go on forever. And sure. I appreciate you more than you know. Uh, your friendship. And I thank you so much for sharing this with our viewers and listeners here. And for everybody listening, remember that uh, two things. Number one, Follow this man and listen to his music or his spoken word, because that alone is going to put you in a mindset of possibility and po what I call optimism, having more options in your life. And then secondly, uh, go to the description. You'll find it um, and join us with, at the Further Faster Elite Circle. It's just a monthly call. We'll take like an hour of your time. We won't take it. We'll give an hour of our time, if you will. And it'll consist of, you know, we're going to we're going to share with you some things and then give you something to do. And then you'll have an opportunity for a live Q&A as well. So, again, it's in the description. Malcolm, thank you. Thank you so much again um, for you, not just being a part of my life, but but having inspired me and literally millions and millions of people around the world and everybody else. Remember this, that life is always always exactly what you dare to make it and fortune always favors the bold so the trick to life is to boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent and we will see you at the top This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.